Hello and welcome to Practicing English. And these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels or IELTS from levels 4 to 7 or for those students who just want to improve their general English. Hello and welcome to another episode of Practicing English. And today's Friday, so that means it's story day. And I'm continuing with The Tudor Conspiracy by M.A. Bilborough. And that's me. And you can buy this book on any Amazon platform. And you can then listen and read the book at the same time. And the book comes with exercises to do to improve your English, especially if you are moving from a B1 to a B2 level. Anyway, today I'm reading chapter 3. And before I start, I will give you six words. And I would like you to listen for the context they're used in. For example, who, where when or what. And the words are emerge, E-M-E-R-G-E, and that means to come out from behind something or from a hidden place, emerge. And the next word is freckles, freckles, F-R-E-C-K-L-E-S, which are small, pale, brown spots on a person's skin. It's something which naturally happens, usually to people who have a fair skin. Freckles. And the next one is a verb. It's to mimic. M-I-M-I-C. And that is to copy the way that somebody speaks or moves. To mimic. And the next one is Performance, P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E. And in this context, it means entertainment carried out by actors in the theatre. Performance. And the next one is self-conscious. And self-conscious means to feel nervous or embarrassed about what other people think about you. Self-conscious. And the last one is a verb, and it's to unlock, which is the opposite of to lock, which is to open or close with a key. Unlock. Okay, those are the words to listen out for and to listen for the context they're used in. And you can find the answers at practicingenglish.com Okay, so I'm going to continue then with chapter 3 of The Tudor Conspiracy. The Tudor Conspiracy by M.A. Bilbrough This recording is copyright.
Chapter 3. Philip When Isabel eventually left the bookshop, her hair and clothes were dry again. It was not raining as hard now, and when Isabel looked up, she could see some blue sky emerging between the clouds. She decided to get the bus to Shakespeare's Globe, and that way see more of the city. The bus drove past Trafalgar Square and then along the Thames embankment. Isabel looked at the grey water of the River Thames. Something did not feel right. Mr. Fanshawe had acted strangely when he told her about the Elizabeth I play. There was a mystery here, and it worried Isabel. On the other hand, the visit to the Shakespeare's Globe sounded interesting, and she wondered if this Philip was really such a nice chap as Mr. Fanshawe had said. The bus crossed Blackfriars Bridge and then stopped near the river. There was a lot of building work being carried out where Isabel got off the bus. A huge sign which stood in front of the building site said the Bankside Power Station was being converted into a modern art gallery, which was to be called the Tate Modern. It was not raining when Isabel walked up the steps to the entrance of the globe. The gate was locked, but there was a bell to push in the wall. She pushed it and waited. Hello, Isabel. Is that you? said a young and energetic voice in the intercom. Philip? Uh, yes, it's me, I Isabel, she answered. Just a moment. I'll be right with you. The intercom cut off. A few seconds later, the large iron gate was unlocked and opened, and a friendly face looked at her, smiling. Philip put out his hand to shake Isabel's. He was not particularly tall, only a little taller than Isabel. He had a light complexion and even a few freckles across his nose, while his curly hair looked almost red. In England, they called it ginger, Isabel remembered. He looked a little too thin, and Isabel thought, he needed some Andalusian sunshine. But she smiled back immediately because he looked so genuine and frank and was probably a little shy and feeling rather self-conscious. Welcome to Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, he said in a voice, mimicking the formality of an official tour guide. And then he laughed at himself. The Globe was a beautiful building, and Isabel was fascinated by it. White, almost completely round, and looking very new. The freshly painted walls were crossed horizontally and vertically by brown wooden timbers. High up on the building, there was a row of little windows, with wooden shutters, which ran all round the structure. Philip noticed her obvious interest with satisfaction. Pretty, isn't it? 
Would you like to come in? I'll show you around, he said. Without waiting for an answer, he walked off towards the theatre entrance. Isabel hurried after him. There's a lot going on at the moment, he said, turning his head. All this is completely new. We'll be opening for play performances for the general public soon. In a couple of weeks, actually. They went through a very simply made wooden door and into the glow building itself. It had a roof running around the outside, but the central circular area was open to the sky. The whole building interior was made of wood. Around the theatre were balconies with seats on three floors for the audience. And all this part had a roof over it. On one side of the theatre was the stage for the actors, which was a metre and a half higher than the floor. Above the stage there was a structure which looked like a little house with a window in the middle. This structure was held up by two columns, which looked like red and white marble, topped with gold-coloured capitals. It's fascinating, said Isabel. I love it. Philip smiled. He seemed pleased at her reaction. When the play start, Philip explained, people can buy tickets for seats on the balconies, or for this central area where they will have to stand. They're cheaper in the centre, of course, but when it rains, the people who are standing will get wet. They won't be able to bring an umbrella. They're not allowed. So this is a copy of the first theatre in London? Is that right? asked Isabel. Well, no, it wasn't the first, actually, Philip answered. He now looked more confident as he started to explain the history he knew so well. The first real Elizabethan theatre, so that's during the time of Elizabeth I, was actually called The Theatre. It was built in 1576 by a man called John Burbage. Before that time, plays were performed in large houses or other buildings. Shakespeare's plays were also performed at the Queen's residence. Anyway, Shakespeare was connected to the theatre. He belonged to a group of actors called the Lord Chamberlain's Men. Shakespeare wrote the plays for the group, and John Burbage was an actor and manager. Philip paused to see if Isabel was still listening. She was looking at Philip with her arms folded, her black hair partially covering her cheeks, and seemed very impressed. Philip continued. Then Burbage had an argument with the owner of the theatre. So they had to close it. They brought the wood from there and built the Globe Theatre in 1599. However, I should add that the original Globe Theatre wasn't built here, but about 200 metres down the road. This, we think, is a fairly accurate copy. So, what happened to the original Globe Theatre? Isabel asked, with deepening interest. Well, continued Philip, in 1613, the Lord Chamberlain's men 
were performing Henry VIII in the Globe, and they were using a large cannon as a prop. Somebody fired the cannon during the play, and it exploded, and the whole theatre burnt down. Really, said Isabel. She looked genuinely surprised, and Philip liked that. Was anyone hurt? Well, no, not really, Philip continued. We know that because somebody wrote about the incident. He said that nobody was killed, but a man's trousers caught fire. His friends put it out by throwing their beer at him. Isabel laughed, and her black hair fell back off her shoulders. Then she suddenly became more serious. Henry VIII, she said. You mentioned Henry VIII. That reminds me why I'm here. Perhaps we should talk about this lost play of Mr. Fanshawe's.